Hey all, this week we have a guest, Drew returns to talk Christmas beasties with us. Unfortunately, one of our microphones cut out, and while we had a backup for our conversation, this episode is messier than some, but it was a fun topic for the winter holidays, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. Lots of other stuff. Lots of other stuff. Oh. This is episode 55 of the Dispatchist, a Critter Christmas Critters. Wait, Critter Christmas Critters. <laughs> and with me this week are Victoria. Hello. And Jamin. Hello. And we're very happy to have Drew Edwards back. Yeah, howdy. And and happy Yule, everybody. Yes. Krampus knocked. Happy yeah. Krampus knocked. Happy That's when Krampus we're recording. Mm-hmm. Do you have a happy Krampus knocked? It seems like it'd be kind of a downer event. Well, it depends on if you're the Krampus or the Krampy. That's true. Look, it's not my kids getting beaten with birch sticks. So, <laughs> as far as you know, <laughs> I, I have... if I had kids, they'd probably be beaten with birch sticks right now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Krampus is a Krampus is a is a party animal, though. He likes schnapps and. Mm-hmm. You know, allegedly uh, buxom ladies. So, you know, like he's not too dissimilar to a lot of bar flies that we have here in in Austin. So, you know, depending <laughs> depending on your idea of a good time, he might be a good, t- good time. You know, obviously he indulges in an, at least a little bit of light S&M. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, Did you just is- call Krampus a hipster? I was just going to say he has not, totally a not sister quite here. more of a kinkster. Yeah, but I think a good question to uh, interject here is what is Krampus's safe word? Belschnigel. Bel- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to get better than that. That would that's, that's... <laughs> just think of calling that out during a moment of passion. Belschnigel. Belschnigel. <laughs> well, that's my night ruined. <laughs> I have to call out Jacob's very loungy Santa outfit. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. It is mm-hmm. a lovely black and red Schwinn shirt from Goodwill and a black and red Santa hat from Target, although they do no longer make this one. So oh, it's yeah. like a collector's item then. Well, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I guess it could be. Yeah, they'll probably make it next year. You know, it's one of the rotational things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, this, yeah. Black and, it's black very, and red it's very sharp. It's very sharp. I can't quite do full Mary. I have to kind of tone it down somewhat. It's true. You are not what I would call Mary typically, but uh, we, are, we are going to call you Santa baby. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fine. So do a lot of people. I, I just don't I, call me Santa daddy. I can't handle it. <laughs> I got called. Uh, I got called a zaddy by a, a lady Krampus at Horror for the Holidays. And I'm like, I'm not that old yet. A zaddy? A zaddy is like a elderly but attractive gentleman. And 
admittedly, I don't know how young this 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 young lady was. I mean, like, because I'm at a stage in my life where any anybody under under the age of thirty just looks like a kid to me. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, but but you know. She, that I was just like, how old do you think I am? <laughs> oh. like, yeah. Like it made me feel gross to be honest. Like I, I, you know, I, everybody I've told it to is like, well, that's quite a, that's a, that's a compliment. And I was like, it made me feel gross. Not only, you know, because, uh, you know, she was misidentifying me as a much older gentleman than, than I am. But, uh, you know, like, uh, I prefer adults. So like, uh, like it just, it just made me feel like a dirty, it made me feel like a dirty old man. Um, even though I didn't really do anything, she was, she was the aggressor in the situation. She was the miss ager. Yeah. So in in your comic, in your comic world, your wife is frequently depicted as a bombshell. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. Has she ever sung you Santa baby? Um, she has sung a few bars of Santa Baby in our home. Okay. Uh, she's actually in the room and she's interjecting right now. Uh, what were you saying, darling? She used to sing it frequently when she was in college and she would sing jazz at uh, bistros around the Hudson Valley. Okay. Um, she has a Christmas song that she wrote with her band. And I think there's a clip of it on YouTube. It's oh, we can quite a, it's yeah, we'll quite like a bit dirtier than Santa Baby. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah. What's her band's yeah. name? Danger Cakes. Ah, great. Yeah. Hmm. She's actually in two bands. She is also in a queer grass band called Brand New Key, and they were actually just uh, honored by the mayor. That's Sweet. so congratulations. Yeah. They had an official that. brand new key day. Yeah, it was very mm-hmm. cool. Um she's in, she's in Danger Cakes and a cover band of Danger Cakes. Safe <laughs> 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 word muffin. Yeah. I don't think we have any hell news this week, but I am curious <gasps> about your new book. I have can I I have hell adjacent news. Rewind that. Do we have any hell news this week? Well, it's hell adjacent because it's somebody that we've spent at least half an hour on in various over over the uh, long two plus years of our podcast. Pliny the Elder. Dante. <laughs> no, Lil Nas X. Oh, okay. So Lil Nas oh. X news. Yes. He has they well, MMs have come out with a limited edition Lil Nas X gift box of pink blue and purple m&ms with butterflies hearts and little faces of little nos x on them wonderful i was hoping there was a satan but there isn't but this also made me realize that we have not explored the idea of m&ms as a gimme and drew feel free to use this idea (laughs) you have to get custom printed m&ms yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay with Jamin's face on them. Sure. I didn't even realize I didn't even realize you could do that. I mean, M&Ms oh, are yeah. so small. Like I I I has a very small head. <laughs> <laughs> so small. Ouch. The children painting I... the image on each individual M&Ms and they're oh. chained to desks. Well, mm-hmm. Well, that's the hell part of it, I guess. Uh, it's like flavor. Know. It's the yeah. reason for the season. Yeah. 
I um, have seen I've seen Jamin in person and he he had a normal size head. So I think you are Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I think you to are those of you following along at home vindicated. Drew, don't break the kayfabe. <laughs> uh, I guess it all Don't Break on. the Kayfabe is our next single, actually. Yeah. What yeah. is Don't Break the Kayfabe? Well, Kayfabe is our next single. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> kayfabe Frantic. is kind of a professional wrestling slash carny thing. It's the fictional world that that media creates that people can kind of pretend to believe in, where there's like this fictional like rivalries and things like that. Pro wrestler oh. weddings. But I think it'd wow. be applied more liberally to anything that's kind of peripherally make-believe. What's the word? Your, your performing persona. Yes. So, so uh, it, it's like how Alice Cooper, when he's being Alice Cooper, is a Satanist, but in reality, he is a Methodist. Yes. Yeah, right. I yeah. can see uh-huh. that. I could see uh-huh. that. But well, beyond just a person's persona, it's the kind of the extended cinematic universe of that persona and relationships with other people and things like that. Like it's, it's a world. It's like mm-hmm. how Rob Zombie in real life is actually, no, never mind. He's still Rob Zombie. <laughs> yes. That's a full time job being Rob Zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. quit. Well, I didn't personally have any hell news, but I was curious about Drew's new book that hasn't come out yet. So it's not, is new the right word or potential uh, work? work in progress? I think, Oh no, it eventually will come out. Like this okay. is, this is, this has become um, a passion project for me. So it is a book called the 12 monsters of Christmas. It is a book on Christmas folklore and Christmas creatures. Um, it is my first non-comic book, which is probably oh. one of the reasons why it's taking so long, because I'm <laughs> I'm having to revisit skills that I haven't uh, stretched in a while. But it started out as a lecture that I g- gave at a place called The Glass Coffin here yes. in Austin. They sell a, dead things. They sell dead things. And vampire-y things and monster-y things. And several Decembers back, I I gave this lecture at their old location before they moved. And uh, it was not extraordinarily well attended, but the people that were there were like, oh, you should turn this into a book. Uh, the following year, I gave the lecture again, at uh, this time at Bat City Comics. And the reaction was very much the same. They're like, this is really entertaining stuff you should turn it into a book so at that point i had pretty extensive notes uh about the various different christmas monsters and honest to be honest like i could have possibly done more than than 12 yeah you could have added like all of the days of advent in there as well yeah yeah but i i started expanding it into a full book uh and i am collaborate it is there is an illustration component even though it's oh, not good. a comic. Yeah. I am collaborating with with Chandra Free, who is somebody who has worked on Halloween Man before, and she's drawing all of the monsters. Um, and so far, the work she's been doing is incredible. Um, it's, it's coming along slowly, sadly, because, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm always very busy, and so I, I tend to work on it when winter finally hits in Texas because the, at- the atmosphere is right. But I'm actually hoping to have a final draft done th- by the end of this year. Like I'm, I'm, go- 
I'm going to the Hudson Valley with with my wife Jamie, and we're going to be uh, kind of, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of downtime, you know, during the holidays. So what I'm hoping is I can, you know, knock out one one final draft. But I've been I've been shopping it around the publishers. I I know this is something that's got a decent uh, commercial hook because people who like Christmas will like it, and people who hate Christmas will like it. It's, it's the perfect Christmas book in many ways. <laughs> You're really covering both bases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything you know, in between. You want both the, uh, you know, the Scrooges and the Jolly Elves, I guess. You know, like that's that's the key in 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 late capitalism to success. <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't seem too easy, but that is why we invited you here today to discuss these these critters. Oh, I I am happy to you know <laughs> surprise. I'm happy yes. to do. I'm happy to do it. I I always love talking monsters, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it's 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 getting me thinking about the topic again. So I'm happy to be here. Uh, I I only hope I can live up to the hype. <laughs> you always so do. much hype. Mm-hmm. Well, before we before we begin talking about these <laughs> these very important beasties, did anybody bring anything to the party? I did. Mm-hmm. Which actually, these are leftovers because most of them are still at work. Mm-hmm. I bought several boxes of ketchup flavored candy canes. Is that oh. a thing? And left them in a jar in the break room. <laughs> Ew! You send me a picture of the kale flavored candy canes. It was very upsetting. And so I sent you kale and Caesar salad. Look. Okay. But they also have sardines. Oh, God. <laughs> and macaroni and cheese, which macaroni and cheese candy cane sounds kind of okay. I would no. eat pickle is flavored. It, oh, they have it, pickles. Is I would it do just string cheese, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, 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 Slightly yeah. bent string cheese. That's right. Yeah. Stale string cheese. Yes. But the ketchup ones candy. are red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Do they look like, because ketchup red is more bloody than peppermint red. Okay, like let me ask you this. When's the last time you actually looked at a candy cane and thought about it? Like, oh, every day. Is this candy cane the right color red? <laughs> I have one by the door that I, I uh, offer reverence to my way to work. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, don't you have your daily affirmation candy no, cane that you... Mine is a small cube of Turkish delight. <laughs> The dogs won't eat it. It's kind of nice. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my gosh. Ketchup flavored Turkish delight. Because nobody eats it anyway. There's still time. (gasps) Speaking of what, this is semi-related, but um, I like to buy uh, lots, you know, uh, not when I say lots and lots, but I do like to buy lots of things on, on eBay, but also lots of things like just random groupings of things. And so I bought a bunch of teeth once um oh, not teeth. from from a dentist like the the sample teeth for different finishes and things like that if you're getting your teeth you know you're getting dentures to match your normal teeth and it came with some old gum from a gumball machine so i have vintage gum that i again i revere i have an altar for it i commune with it on the regular you need to cosplay as herman the elf I have the hair for it. (laughs) I thought you were going to leave like old gum, like old petrified gum, you know, on the break room counter in a bowl. Well, you might get it for Christmas. 
I will take it to work. <laughs> It'll probably break someone's teeth. I'll give you their teeth. It looks kind of like um, semi-precious stones at this point. So. Or kidney stones, depending. Mm. Well, the, the Tormentomatic turned up a totally random Christmas-related statement mm-hmm. um, for our entertainment this week. Uh, being chased by countless fiery-horned black tusk, six-snouted elves. That's totally, totally original to the software. So how do, yeah, you definitely tweak that. That one is definitely tweaked. <laughs> they were originally five snouted elves. And yes. Like, this won't do. No, no. And I turned my noses up at that. So they're five hyphen snouted, not five snouted elves. Like they. Six snouted elves. Six. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Got to get yes. it right. Oh, wait. Yeah. So is it just half a dozen elves with one snout apiece? No, it's six hyphen snouted elves. So so their snouts are like hyphens. No. <laughs> There's no. Six, per, six per elf. Why are we going down this road? A half dozen per elf. Yes. Mm. I'll start agreeing. It's faster. Okay. <laughs> Can I have a so, dollar? Yes. I brought... <laughs> <laughs> we have to start paying Jamin to um, focus. Um, I brought schnapps. As is as oh, no. per for Krampus, so right. Mm-hmm. What but what, flavor? See, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what flavor do you think Krampus would drink? Licorice. <laughs> Licorice, I could do. I'm the boring one that's going to say peppermint. Oh, that's my instant. But I yeah. like licorice. Licorice would just be Jaeger, and I Maybe feel like, like Krampus I, would drink Jaegermeister. Or what is the Greek? Uh, is that Uzo? That's licorice. Uzo. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe you put out a flight of little shots because the longer he takes to drink it, the faster you can get away. That's true. Oh, yeah. six tiny mm-hmm. cups in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Krampus, the cramp, the cramp, I enjoy a flight of drinks and they'll drink them in order and take notes. That's yes. That is in the rhyme. One of those. Yeah. yeah the traditional mm-hmm. Krampus rhyme. Exactly. So does anybody have a bad schnapps experience? When I was six, I drank most of a bottle of peppermint schnapps. I mean, over the course of like teeth again, over the course of a day, but still over the course of a day. So you assisted, you also had a flight, essentially like a flight of same flavored jobs that you coursed out in your six year old brain. Yeah. I drank more when I was six than I ever have (laughs) the rest of my life. (laughs) I feel like everybody has a schnapp story and everybody has a tequila story. Drew. I, I don't have a tequila story because I stopped drinking when I was 15. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, good for you. Let's have a sober party. uh, Yeah. I have never had tequila, if you can believe that. I, and I can't, of the alcohol that I partook of, I don't actually really remember what most of it tastes like at this point. It's been so long. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I have had peppermint schnapps when I was probably too young to have peppermint schnapps, but. Uh, you know, I, I remember thinking that it tasted kind of like mouthwash at the yeah. time. Yeah. Very uh, chalky flavor. Yeah. I, 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 out of the alcohols that I have a better memory of liking, appropriately enough for some stuff that we're going to get into later, the one that I liked the most was spiced rum. Mm, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, w- I, I don't know what brand it was. It was whatever my dad brought in the house when I was a kid. But, you know, like I, don't really remember what a lot of that stuff tastes like. I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of boring, I guess. Uh, no, that, that's, that I, that's, yeah. I, I do love me some wassail, yes. which is about as boozy as like 
the cork in a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> you, you in that outfit, you look like you should have like a highball martini yep. with a candy cane in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a, a martini, like a peppermint martini or, or the like, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you bring anything to the party, Drew? I brought peanut butter Christmas cookies. Oh, and I brought birch switches in honor of Hunter <laughs> So if anybody is naughty, I will whip them. And if anybody is nice, they get Christmas cookies. Yay! It's <laughs> a win-win. Peanut, peanut butter cookies. I had a recipe for them when I was a kid. They were called Kris Kringles for whatever reason. And that was like the first thing I ever baked as far as I can remember. But are they actually, is that actually, actually a Christmas recipe? I just muted myself. Um, they are, you know, Christmas colored. They're green. Oh, <laughs> so, what's wrong uh, with your peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> loaded it up with food coloring. Um, it's made from actual peas. Oh, like the exorcist. Like, <gasps> which which there we go where where it's all it's all full circle we're talking about hell again mm-hmm. so, or it could be like from troll too what is okay <laughs> usually victoria asks this question but i have a question how are peanut butter cookies linked to the exorcist <laughs> go slowly with me uh if they had peas in them they would be linked to the exorcist because mm-hmm. okay. she vomited mm-hmm. up pea soup that's what they mm-hmm. use for the vomit in the exorcist very reasonable okay yeah. now i know now I'm not hungry. So, Jacob, can you see through your hat? No, I figured I'd take the hat off once we start the topic. So maybe we should start the topic. <laughs> it's the topic strabismus. So what is? Oh, oh that cookie. cookie is incredibly that green. Delicious. Jeez, Louise, that looks like the Grinch's butt. <laughs> Left to take a How would not you taste know? like it though. Um. So, uh, Jamin, what did what is that word? What is strab? What is it? Strabis- strab- strabismus. Strabismus. Yeah. It's it's when <laughs> you have goth hair, uh-huh. and it it actually is a thing in Japan right now because everyone was wearing like their their long hair like this, and you lose uh, you lose blink vision. Like one of your eyes just doesn't behave because it can't see anything but hair. Ooh, huh. like pirates, just like pirates. <laughs> Goths are goths equal pirates. I mean, I mean. The the shirts are kind of the same. I mean, yeah, the fluffy <laughs> the fluffy poet shirt. Yes, the the um hook hands scurvy no <laughs> the scurvy and the hook hands mm-hmm. the peg legs goth I, I, vitamin c mm-hmm. i am going to ask all the gothic people in my life what they how they feel about being compared to the pirates yeah or ask pirates how do you feel about being you- compared to a goth <laughs> less less comfortable i'd imagine See chanties very similar to Bauhaus songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how should we begin today's topic? Should we start with just what in what Yule is in general? It's, it's a log. Second person indicative of the word you. It's also Yule Brenner, the famous uh, actor mm-hmm. who played very tall. Uh, yes, played in The King and I. Mm-hmm. So Yule uh, in germanic was a winter celebration of the wild hunt which is tied to the norse god norse god odin which is actually where a lot of people believe we get our visual idea of um where santa what, what santa claus looks like um 
but uh you know the in the short version when 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 they were christianizing europe and they were trying to to get rid of a lot of the the pagan traditions mm-hmm. uh they they started to tie yule into christmas and you know yule tide became christmas tide and uh Odin, you know odin food under your chimney with presents yeah <laughs> uh you know yule yule goats became you know reindeer and things like that uh hmm. the the yule boar became christmas ham you know it's 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 really sneaky the way all the 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 church took all the fun pagan holidays and dressed them up in christianity um like everything we like about christmas look from the trees to the presents to everything uh a lot of that comes from from paganism and you know which is probably not a surprise to people who listen to this podcast but (laughs) um you know it's interesting also to note that Christmas time or or Yule, the Yule tide uh, lasted a lot longer, and in some country that then you know we we have the you know the twelve days of Christmas, but uh, in some countries Yule celebrations would go on into you know February, like they they lasted a really long time, and I'm just like I'm thinking about. You know, that's probably another reason once we once we got into like the industrial revolution where they, they would want to like crack down on this stuff because, you know, you'd have people partying in the streets and, you know, feasting and everything instead of working. So, hmm. you know, that's not going to fly. Um, G- Jesus wants to working in the factory. So <laughs> I, I pretty sure. You know, yeah. Um, traditionally. Most Yule celebrations are from December, uh, December twenty first to January first. But like I said, it, it, it depends on the region, depends on the country, pretend, depends on which uh, tradition you're coming from. But the 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 old German Yule or Yule Tide uh, definitely started more towards when we think of Christmas, actually falling there's that my very abbreviated explanation uh mostly factual of uh, description of yule i i didn't screw that up too bad thankfully no that was great and one thing that i i um also love about the fact that we're having this conversation is one of the things that i think is often forgotten about this time this this period of time we're in this season is that it's another time where the veil between the worlds is very thin to non-existent. And uh, yes. yes, so many things, <laughs> uh-huh. so many things can go wrong during Epiphany. Yeah, a- and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it. You know, you bring up uh, you bring up an excellent point because, like, ghost stories and stories of demons and monsters used to be something that was traditional during uh you know what we call christmas time but that's been sort of regulated to to halloween even though um personally speaking i've always found christmas time to be quite spooky like it's mm-hmm. it gets dark earlier you have all these flickering lights everywhere in texas we don't get a whole lot of snow but you know around this time of year you do get a decent amount of rain so like it's it's bleak. It's, 
yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a bit gloomy. I love the weather personally, but like uh, you know, it it's not without a certain creep factor, and mm-hmm. I you know it doesn't it 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 doesn't surprise me that that people once believed that this was a time when spirits and and monsters would be roaming the earth, escaping from the other side, and uh, you know. I'm of course a big enthusiast of of that kind of that version of Christmas because it, it it's 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 more appealing to me. You know, I, is, I don't I don't necessarily go I like a I like a little I like a little naughty with my nice, I like a little salty with my sweet. So like this 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 only enhances my personal enjoyment mm-hmm. of Christmas. A little death with your life. Well, and there's yeah. such a lot of there's a lot of tension there between like the most fatal time of year and uh, like deep, mm. the, deep in the midwinter and the revel and the celebration of kind of like keeping the darkness at bay. I mean, so many of these holidays are holidays of light and that's sort of festival. So I think that we, we are kind of on the edge of a period of great morbidity and great jollity at the same time. You have to hold those together because you wouldn't mm. have do the we, jolly without the death. Do we have to have the jolly though? Really? Yes. 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 <laughs> it's so weird that you you are saying that. You were Do you no. know how much Christmas music I have in my hoard? Uh, it's, it's true, so, but you use it so it's many. eclectic. I use it I use it to punish people, but still I have it. <laughs> well, speaking about punishment, that's also a I big part of Christmas. <laughs> or the Yule or Yule. Yeah, yeah. So many of these I heard the word Kinder Shrek for so many of the critters on your on your list. The uh, the child terror monsters yeah well you know you got to you gotta you know put your kids in line right you know i i i feel like that these things work in a, in a way that that old time fairy tales also work so they were they were very much cautionary tales uh you know in in ways we can condition uh kids to behave appropriately you know krampus uh, and this is Krampus's night because uh, you know it's December fifth. Uh, Krampus is you know both an amusing figure, but also a a figure of of terror, especially if you're a kid who's behaved badly. And in certain parts of the Alpine, actually, you know, forget Elf on the Shelf. Like parents will put a a, a, a birch switch that's been painted gold. Oh, on nice. their their chimney, a subtle uh, reminder. Place, yeah. Just you know, Krampus is watching you. You better be good, for goodness' sake. I think that there is value in that kind of myth making. I think it does help us appreciate the the jolly part of the holiday too. You know, and in fact, I think you know, in in, in America, you know, you look you look over overall like throughout our history prior to us sort of adopting Krampus ourselves which we've done in this century you look at the 20th century and there was all these like santa themed horror films and everything mm. because we mm-hmm. we needed something subconsciously <laughs> to deal with our own adult cynicism surrounding the holiday and 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 embracing Krampus as a as a figure, I think America has has come to terms more with that, which is why I think that sort of slasher Santa 
uh, genre is kind of become in decline because we don't need it anymore. We have Krampus now. And, uh, you know, Krampus is, is a much more arresting figure, figure anyway. Although, um, you know, tying him visually into Santa Claus is a little, yeah, it's a little strange. Um, he, 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 you know, you look at the old Krampus cards and he, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't look like Santa Claus. Very very devilish. Yes. And in fact, a lot of the reason why uh, people started dressing Krampus up as Santa is is a you know relatively recent thing during you know the during the the rule of European fascists and and Nazism they actually cracked down on Krampus celebrations a lot they they thought he was a bad example for children and that he was uh, decadent and unerring and a lot of these these you know Polish people and German people and people in in that region of the world the way they would continue to have Krampus in their lives, they would sneak it in. They would, they would do illustrations of Krampus where he was disguised as Santa Claus. And mm. I, I think not very convincing with the, horns. no, no, but it, you know, it, 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 it does go to show you that even the sort of Santification of Krampus that, that, that America has indulged in, it does have European, uh, European roots. And I, I just, I find that particularly fascinating that that we as a culture in adopting Krampus, like we we really had to play that up because we really want our our evil Santa figure. Well, not to skip ahead in your playbook too much, but he started dressing like Belchnikel almost, the kind yeah. of the tatty, ratty, rotten looking Santa outfit. Yeah, he'll he'll some Santa. of that look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I have to say. I was super pleased to find out that he was banned by the fascists because I'd always had this secret fear that maybe he was going to get co-opted by white supremacists because of the whole German connection. So Mm. I'm so happy to know that he is like an anti-fascist figure as well. Yeah, he's in a very rebellious tone to him. Yeah, exactly. He's rebellious and, you know, the fascists and the Nazis, like they didn't think he fit into their sort of... You know, they, of course, Nazis flirted with neo paganism, but they it was it was this much more rigid i, mm-hmm. I idea of things. Yeah. And Krampus doesn't. He is a figure of chaos. Yeah, yeah you right. know, he's not. You know, we we in America we think he's just about disciplining children, which is you know is part of his thing. But there's also like this this partying side of it. You know, I made the joke about how. You know, he likes schnapps and, and, and busty women, but that's actually part of his, his lore. So like there's, there's Krampus as this lusty demon figure with this very phallic tongue. And, you know, they have, mm-hmm. of course, in, you know, the Krampus parades where people are allowed to, to act out in kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, antisocial, uh, rebellious ways. And. That is one thing I feel like in America, maybe we could do better to celebrate that side of Krampus. You know, like we, we, again, we, we kind of put him in the evil Santa box. We kind of lose the ritual elements of, of Krampus. Like there's, there's, there's some formulas to his chaos. And that's kind of one of the most interesting things for me about him is 
is the door-to-door liturgy of the the Krampus pageant. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about scaring children, properly done, Krampus bursts into your house like this horrible force from outside, rampages for a little while, and then Saint Nicholas can kind of bring him in and under control. But like the formula is like invading the child's space with this goat monster thing Ooh, and I- uh, knocking over some furniture. So, a random thought, is the cat in the hat Krampus and is the goldfish St. Nicholas? Yes. <laughs> but I love this idea of, you know, him being this uh, kind of he's anti-nationalist, too, <laughs> in the sort of like he nobody wants to claim him as part of their like, you know, pristine national identity because he you is know, such a figure of chaos and dirt. If Krampus had been blonde and blue-eyed, things might have gone differently. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, get white Jesus, put some horns on him, <laughs> add some fur. We're going to a strange place. <laughs> no, this is, this is, we're a think tank. We're a think tank, really. So, we're, 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 we're disrupting Christmas. So, was Krampus the first critter you tackled in your, your hit parade? Yeah, Krampus is the very first chapter of my book you know like he's he's the rock star of christmas monsters he's oh yeah the one that everybody knows so you want to lure people in you know he'll he'll probably be what is on the inevitable cover but you know i i don't stop there because there's a lot more to be explored and mm-hmm. in, in, in fact you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how many things were tied in to Christmas time. Mm. There's a lot of stuff with werewolves in Christmas, <gasps> actually. What? Well, yeah. shall, we, shall we go there next? Yeah. I mean, sure. One of the things that I find most fascinating about, uh, you know, the tying of werewolves in Christmas is... One of our our more common Christmas desserts is actually heavily tied to this, which is rum cake. Um, hmm. And the reason why that is, is you have, have these werewolf traditions that would come over from Europe. And one of the things that you would, that they believe that they would do is they would offer up sweet liquors and sweet wines. To werewolves on Christmas Eve to curb their craving for human flesh. Mm. Now, when this came over to the United like, States, like a sangria sort of thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like humans taste like bunt cakes. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> the, when this came over into the United States and parked itself in Louisiana, you know, of course they they have sugar cane, they have the rougarou, they have you know rum and that turned into making rum cake. So like if, you know, your your I the idea being is that if you have a relative that's a secretly a werewolf, you're going to keep them from snacking on somebody on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And it's weird to me how that is like in modern times, that is completely lost. Like I think I think if you were to go up to most people and go, "Why do you think they serve rum cake during Christmas time?" Most people would be like, "No." Werewolves. No yeah, no one would say <laughs> werewolves. I have a French Louisiana question because this one threw me in my in my research. I really, really paused for a second on this. Um, according to the World Encyclopedia of Christmas, in Louisiana, they're talking about the Père Noël, Père Noël? Yeah. Okay. 
that he travels through the swamps and bayous, pulled by alligators and accompanied by a red-nosed werewolf in a flat-bottomed pierogi, and I was really confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, that is is true. Like Um, Like a pork or beef. (laughs) <laughs> well what they're talking about is actually a swamp boat um it's not i'm it's even not a, more confused yeah. so have you ever you ever seen those those boats that are that are like they're 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 flat they are flat looking okay like a skiffy wait, sort of thing wait yeah are we asking has jacob ever seen a swamp piro and the answer is no never <laughs> Jacob equates I'm, everything with baked goods. That's how he I, understands the world. I watched Rescue Rangers and 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 Oh. Yeah, I would call that a hero that they're yeah. they're cruising around the swamps in. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. Wow, I just you proved me wrong. Wow. Can, can I say a weird thing that just I just now understood? So is anybody here a fan of the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray? And Buster Poindexter. <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew is good at podcasts. He's raising his hand. So <laughs> yes. the whole like Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas is Pierre Noel because he's in a swamp in a swamp boat. I just now put that together. I like the See, they should have they should have had a werewolf there. Yeah. They really should have had like, oh. yeah, we need to remake this movie. Well, they didn't because there was rum cake. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. <laughs> the rum cake um, was assumed. Mm-hmm. It was off screen. So we digress going, (laughs) going back even further to like older things. There's, there's also the idea that if you are born, a a child born on Christmas day is likely to grow up to be a werewolf. And this, this is so ingrained in werewolf lore, although largely forgotten now that if you, you see the hammer movie curse of the werewolf, that is actually how the main character in that movie mm-hmm. gets his lycanthropy. So, you know, it, it, I know one person that was born on Christmas. It's actually Chandra who is drawing the book. So I'm sorry, Chandra, you're a werewolf. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's a bit uh, wacky to think, you know, how people would, would you know, because you're dishonoring Jesus by being born on the same day. Even yeah, though- it's a curse of blasphemy. Yeah, or, or sometimes you're a werewolf if you're conceived on Christmas or the winter solstice, which is a yeah. kind of old school. Yeah, there is there is, however, pro-social Christmas werewolves. There was a were- a famous werewolf trial in uh, Sweden where the oh. man proclaimed himself. He was on trial for being a werewolf, but he proclaimed that he yes he was a werewolf. But he was Lupus Day, the Wolf of God. And on St. Lucia's night, that would be December 13th, he would join other werewolves and they would descend into hell and battle witches and demons. So, you know, first of all, this we've is, got this yes. is Thies, right? Yes. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. What a character. Imagine, you know, I, I, I imagined, uh, you know, I can't, that's ballsy that, that, that was his defense. It didn't, it didn't work. He was, he was, you know, flogged publicly, then banished from his, his village. But the fact that he did, you know, like they could have burned him in the stake, like that could have gone, you know, a thousand percent worse for him. It but, sounds very much like the Ben and Dante story 
the the yeah. ones that have the the calls that they use to kind of fight the devil or something. I wonder if they're maybe maybe related, maybe not. I feel like we should do an episode on this because I saw that they were that there is some relation. And also, I'm just fascinated by this whole like journeying to hell to fight the devil, a pack of wolves. There's two things I like about Thies, Thies the werewolf, is first, his nose is broken. And he said his nose was broken by that farmer who's actually a Satanist because I was in hell beating him up and he hit me on my wolf nose and broke it. And when I came back, that dude, so it's like he blamed his broken nose on a farmer who he didn't like, who was obviously a Satanist. And then, like, when this trial happened, he was an old man. And he was like, yes, I was a werewolf, but I gave it up to be a regular village person. Like, how do you give up being a werewolf? Looking Retire at 65. <laughs> <laughs> Once you hit the rule of 80. <laughs> looking up Lupus Day on Wikipedia, I learned that it's the second full-length studio album by the German power metal band Powerwolf. <gasps> Ooh, it, it I is, love Power Wolf. It is Power also, Wolf. <laughs> it is also the formal name of the the Wolf Man on in Penny Dreadful, which they oh. borrowed liberally from this uh, this myth or story, I guess. So you know, it's it's something that stuck around a little. I'm I'm surprised that no one's never no one's done like a full movie of it or a novel or something because it seems pretty rife for exploitation. You know, at the very least, somebody should make a Christmas werewolf movie. You know, I think I think we're gonna do that. Yes. I think, yeah, yeah, we've, we've yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Check out our Kickstarter now. <laughs> so the the Christmas werewolf legend that I really liked, I just learned about three hours ago. Was uh, and this is kind of tied to the the devil and his lame sh- his lame foot or his chicken foot or whatever, like the devil's foot thing mm-hmm. trope. So in Estonia, around Christmas, there's a lame boy that goes around and calls up all of the devil's followers, and for twelve days he turns them into wolves and just sets them loose on things, just on this um on a murderous rampage sort of thing. So for twelve days they're there in wolf form, and it sounds kind of very like the devil spreading ill will during the Christmas season to challenge the faithful or some such. But these aren't friendly wolves. These are bad wolves. Yeah, they're they're Satan's servants in, in we wolf We want form. the friendly wolves. There are friendly wolves, but I don't want to cut off Jacob. No, that, that was that was most of it. There was also the twelve days of Christmas in Slovenia were called Wolf Days because the wolf shepherd was stalking around uh, provoking wolves into murderous frenzy as well. Ooh. Gotta love a good murderous frenzy. <laughs> so the good wolves and drew correct me if i'm wrong but uh because during yule saint nicholas becomes kind of the ruler of the moon so kind of the 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 moon god if you will yeah. and hmm. in doing so takes the takes like now can take the demonic out of the wolves hmm. the werewolves and so i think older like Older werewolves just don't become werewolves. Younger werewolves become cute little puppies that are lucky if you rub them. And then people who have just become werewolves uh, are screwed. They continue to be werewolves. Does that sound familiar, Drew? (laughs) Am I just making all that up? No, no, you're you're not. Um, And in fact, um, Santa Claus or St. Nicholas, uh, more appropriately, in some traditions, actually has a large wolf companion 
Grant Morrison exploited this, and he has a comic book series called Klaus, which is about mm-hmm. a, it, which is an excellent read, by the way. Yeah, uh, bloody which, you'd expect. Yeah, um, but uh, you know his, his the Santa Claus, his super heroic Santa Claus, his sleigh is actually pulled by a gigantic wolf, and you know I. I there's just something very natural about the idea of um, a kind of wild man figure with with wolves in the snow and it's it's dark outside. I I don't. It doesn't surprise me that this is all tied together, especially if you look at Europe at the at the time period we're talking about. I think this is you know people probably be at their their most fearful of wolves. You know, wolves get a tremendously bad rap, unfortunately. Uh, but we do get some cool mythology out of it. This might be a good place to transition to Belgenickel if you wanted to go there. Ooh, actually. Never mind. <laughs> connected to wolves is your favorite, Jacob. There's some connection between the uh, collect. Calicantazeros, how do you say that? Calicansari? Yes. There's You're the a- only person I've ever met that can pronounce that, by the way. <laughs> 40, 40 so- years of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but there there's some of the stuff I read connects them to, to werewolves. Well, do we want to go there next? Yeah. Is there rum cake? No. Not, not rum oh. cake in this part of the story, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm out. sorry, Jamin. Not, yeah. not for nothing though. I, I make a mean butterscotch rum cake. So, you know, probably this... because I'm a werewolf. Um, <laughs> now he tells us it's the only thing that's going to get me to Possum Kingdom, Drew. Uh, we know. Maybe we should all take a road trip to Possum Kingdom just to see I, Drew turn into a werewolf. It's a beautiful place and a great place to rampage uh, during <laughs> Christmas. Have our own um, wild hunt. Yeah. Hunt to hunt down some possums, make some possum stew. Um, yeah, so these these critters, uh, they they live in the center of the earth, where for most of the year they are attempting to saw down the world tree, which supposedly holds up the the earth. And once the the tree collapses. Uh, it, it will implode the earth in on itself. However, during the Yuletide, they come up out of the earth and kind of rampage until the day of Epiphany, uh, January 6th. It's not a very nice time of year. No, uh, it's not. Maybe that's why Americans did away with it. Like, it's not It's not really part of our, our Christmas celebrations at all. But, you know, they're, they're, the, these things, it's... It's it's they're kind of strange because you know they're they're connected to these these sort of Greco pagan ideas like uh you know like the world tree is tied to Athena oh. but then there's all this like Christianization of the myth as well like mm-hmm. uh, you can ward them off by by making the sign of the cross always um, and uh, you you can you know keep them from from coming down your chimney. Um, which is, of course, how they want to enter uh, a house uh, by burning by burning a a yule log in your in your fireplace. So 
Uh, you know, there's all these sort of <laughs> because uh, of the Yule log industrial complex. Yeah, right. <laughs> big um, Yule log. <laughs> big Yule log. You know, it's it's odd, um, but again, I think that that's kind of perfectly in line with um, Christ- uh, well, well, Christmas as as we are discussing it, because it you have both the Christian and the pagan together, and somehow it all makes sense uh you know like every everything is true during christmas time all lore is true during christmas time well any attempt to shut it down never quite works they they tried it in the 1600s the so original the, war on christmas so the calcanzari are uh very male uh usually stinky tall black hairy burning red eyes donkey ears monkey arms lolling tongues kind of crampusy frequently blind i didn't know that yeah, speak with a well, they're cave creatures, I guess. Speak with a lisp and eat frogs specifically. And they always seem to be wearing little shorts. That's true. They do have the sign of old man golf short sort of thing happening. <laughs> well, you want your you want your Christmas imps to be modest, if nothing else. It's true. The but, family time. So if they're blind, how do they count the holes in a colander? I well, guess by feeling. Not well. I mean, they can only count up to three. Actually, they can count. Two. They can only count up to two if they say the number of three. They explode. Exactly. Like like Nixel Nixel Spitlick. What is this lore? <laughs> yes, it's truth. Yes, mm-hmm. the, it's a they, rock fact. They're not very good at math, but also three is a holy number. So if they count to three, they die. They also don't like basil and garlic, which also is uh, <gasps> kind of vampire-y. You know, I when I first learned about these guys, the first thing I thought of is, you know, it 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 feels very much like the film Gremlins, and I I, yeah, I wonder yeah. if I wonder if that if if the filmmakers knew about this particular monster or if it just is happenstance and it just sort of worked out that way. Well, they oh. kind of feel like knockers, almost the underground yeah. MP sort but of thing. Bad because they don't save people from mine collapses. Right? No, they're trying to collapse everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the werewolf connection is that, at least in Turkish, one of their possible name origins is Karakanjolos, which is either werewolf or vampire or black bloodsucker. So they're tied to both myths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're also supposed to punish adulterers. That's very popular under Christmas, I'm guessing. Yeah, a lot of these things, they seem to be... <laughs> that may be a Christian add-on later. Yeah, a lot of these monsters... I would imagine they're... it probably is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think Christians are the ones who sort of, yeah, started policing sex. So... Well, where should we go next? I would like to talk about uh, Bafana, which is mm. an Italian Christmas witch. Um, they actually have um her um instead of santa claus uh for the most part she's entirely benevolent yeah um, not really a monster she seems pretty nice no, she is nice i think that that is interesting she does have a very sad backstory the the origin of this character is that she was um Nursing her or taking care of her sick child, and the three wise men came to her to stay at her home while they were traveling to Bethlehem. Now, 
she put them up for the night and they begged her to go with them. And she said, no, you know, my, my child, you know, is sick. I have to take care of him. And so they left. And then shortly thereafterwards, her, her child died. She then followed after the wise men because she thought, well, I'm going to ask the, the, the Christ child to, to bring my son back. Mm. And of course, uh, when, the, when she got there, the wise men are like, no, he can't do that. He's, he's just a baby. Because that makes sense. I guess Jesus's powers hadn't become full under the red sun yet. But in, um, in, inaccurate, he was killing people in the womb. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he. They said, "Well, you can become mother to all the children in in Italy one one night a year, Christmas Aww. Eve." So it's a bit sad, but I I do think it's interesting that we have all these terrible Christmas creatures, but then we have essentially a a classic version of a witch in many ways instead of you know she has like a broomstick she she looks very much like the wicked witch of the west um except in sicily in sicily she is a buxom matron um so i guess i guess they don't they don't want a, a elderly hag in sicily she's not really a christmas spirit though it seems like she's much more tied to epiphany uh, so. She she is, but you know, there's the tie in with like the Christ child and mm. everything. So her inclusion makes a certain amount of yeah. Sense. It's part of the, part of the season. I'm not not arguing against that at all. the The thing that I find hysterical about her is, you know, of course, the Santa Claus. You have uh, milk and cookies. But people leave out red wine for her, which I think is, you know, like very man, grandmotherly. Yeah, like you know, here's your here's your mommy juice. <laughs> um, it's one know. o'clock somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I hope she can steer that broom by the end of the night. There is one movie about her that made has made its way over to the United States. I, I unfortunately. Cannot remember the title off the top of my head, but I watched it last year and it was it was delightful. Um, so uh, if I, I remember the title later, I will I will send you that. But you know, like it's not not as maybe as flashy as Krampus, and definitely not as scary as some of the other stuff that we've talked about. But I, I, I you know, a, a fascinating Yuletide figure nonetheless. Well, there's a I think that. One idea associated with her is that she's kind of the spirit of the old year. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and is still kind of a kindly figure. So, I mean, she is more positive than virtually all the other Christmas myths that we've covered. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and some of that may be kind of to make the new year, you know, more welcome and more. You're getting into the, the positive future, not the dark past. Although she does have the mother's helper aspect in which. If you stay awake to watch her, she will swat you with her broom. So you might as well go to bed early, children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's Bifana or mom talking, but. You know. <laughs> well, the same person that drinks the red wine either way. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's, it's for Bifana. So she's kind of the anti-Perkta. Or, or the anti-Grela. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, was, what was that word? Grela? Grela? Which one mm-hmm. was that? Uh, the, the mom of the Yule lads, right? Yeah, she's oh. a, a Icelandic, 
Uh, depending on who you ask, she's either a witch or an ogress or both. Or both. Um, she's also the owner of the Yule Cat. Um, <gasps> mm-hmm. We like all the, the Yule ice, Cat. Yeah, all the Icelandic uh, Christmas folklore is like actually, it, you know, going to Iceland during Christmas time is now one of my bucket list things. <gasps> like Ooh. I, I, cause I, they're all their, their Christmas myths and everything are, they're terrific. Yeah. There's um, a lot of personality there. Yeah. Um, you know, Grela is this gigantic monstrous woman who lives in a cave and she eats children. And, you know, of course she, she, if you're a naughty child, she'll stuff you in a bag and take her back to the, the cave for stew and make you in the stew. Um, and the naughty you are, the better you taste. And, hmm. um, I, oh man, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's, she's cannibalistic and like any good, uh, cannibal, she, she has eaten her husband and, uh, you know, because he was too lazy, I guess. But, you know, in fairness to her, she does have 13 children. So, like, I, I think I would be expecting more out of, you know, a partner if you had that many kids the rear. Um, <laughs> you know, which which are the Yule Lads and, you know, who had, uh, you know, Jacob has behind him. And, oh, yeah. I, you know, I I... Spoon liquor. Yeah, spoon liquor. Um, I actually had a nightmare about spoon <gasps> liquor. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So the with the first time I gave the Christmas monsters <laughs> talk, I was not sleeping very well. So like I literally uh, would like fall asleep at my computer while writing notes. And and one night I I was like kind of in that spot between um sleep in awakeness and i kept hearing clack 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 and you know i opened my eyes and at the edge of my bed i thought i saw this like super deformed hideous gnome with a big wooden spoon in his mouth just kind of licking it but also clacking it against his two front teeth and it was one of the creepiest nightmares i ever had but um, you know, I, at that point I was like, okay, no more working on this, this book before I go to bed. <laughs> no, um, no more, no more peanut butter cookies before bed. <laughs> so I have a, I have a little challenge for y'all. There are 13 ish Yule lads. The number may vary. Sheep coat, clawed, gully gawk, stubby, spoon licker, pot scraper, bowl licker, door slammer, skier gobbler, sausage swiper, window peeper, meat hook, doorway sniffer, candle stealer. Uh, who would you inaugurate for the 14th? You'll add. Mm. Heath. My dog. <laughs> your dog. No. no. Uh, think about it. Like, your dog is pure Christmas chaos. He will look you in the eyes, yeah. smile. But, and- but I'm, I'm thinking like a good name. Oh. Sorry. Thinking of like boot a good name. Sniffer. Boot sniffer? Yeah. Like when you come in and your boots are dirty, uh, he, he, he picks up your, your boot and he smells whatever is on your boot. That's, that's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> so I'm we're going f- back to the fetish theme here like all of these are not minor annoyances what, to- what we are also learning is that christmas is kinky christmas put the kink in christmas yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me throw out cod tosser <laughs> <laughs> you mean like like fish 
That's yes. cod cod fish. Yeah, he just throws cod. <laughs> like that one Muppet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is his name? The guy who wears the ruffle and yeah. juggles I, the fish. New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand, right. <laughs> and mine would be throat clearer. So he's just constantly like <clears throat> Just like mm-hmm. as a background noise or like kind of. Yeah. And maybe even like just very quiet. Like, <laughs> And if you're, you're a good kid, he leaves throat lozenges in your, in your stocking. It's on my But if you're list. bad, <laughs> I love it. Cause I'm a, I'm a fan of a, a good lozenge. So there are two female Yule lads, I guess Yule lasses. Um, mm-hmm. They're not much known about them, but they, steal melted fat by stuffing it up their noses Ooh, so they're the fight club yeah or or in <laughs> socks oh well okay so what is a better vessel for liquid fat a pierogi <laughs> i would say you have pierogies on the brain mm-hmm. it really does i think there's there's something going on there but yeah i didn't know that about the lady Lads, you'll you'll last this. The lady lads, lasses. Uh-huh, the lady lads. Mm-hmm. They're not top tier. That's true. Like always, the patriarchy is even apparent in Yule lads. So, what about the Yule kitty? Yeah. So, gray grayless cat. The the Yule cat is a gigantic house cat that lives in the cave with the Yule lads and Grayla. Um. He stalks the countryside during Christmas time for people who are not wearing new clothing. Right. Um, if you are not well attired, he will devour you. His most famous form of attack is literally just picking you off the ground and biting your head off and <laughs> chunking your, your corpse into the snow. Um, your poorly dressed corpse. Yes. He's like a teenage girl. Actually. Yeah, he's very judgy. Um, <laughs> is there anything more than like sartoriology and privilege with this guy? You know, Garfield, he's not. Um, <laughs> but he's so popular. He's so popular in Iceland that, that Bjork even has a song about him. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a life-size statue of him in I cannot pronounce the name of this town, and I'm not even going to try, but a giant iron statue filled with Christmas lights. So, you know, like... And I, children's heads. And children's heads. <laughs> um, I want the Yule light, like, like, never mind Krampus, I want the Yule Cat in the US. Like, I think the Yule Cat needs to be more popular. Like, Krampus Let's is do it. great. Yeah, we need the... We need the Let's do oh, it. Reykjavik. Reykjavik? We should all Reykjavik. go. We need a road trip. Um, okay. Yeah, let's just drive to Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, back to Drew's statement. I also want to visit Iceland, but like in the middle of summer. Ah. It's called Iceland. It's cold. I don't like it. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I just want the whole, you know, mythic experience of, you know, being there for one of their Christmas festivals you know having had the process of like looking at into all this stuff like it just looks kind of magical it, it, it you know you're right it would be very cold but i think if i know that going in and layer up appropriately i will just be like yeah that's a really cool giant cat statue that i'm staring at and 
you know, now I'm gonna, you know, take in some traditional Icelandic Christmas dancing or something. So do you know why clothes? So that is believed is a way to encourage people to spin wool, which was very important. Good Lord. That's precise. Uh, Because Iceland (laughs) is cold, you know, keeping up your clothing, you know, making sure that you had clothing that was, you know, well-made, but also uh, could, could stand up to the rigors of winter. Also very important. So there is a excellent video on YouTube, which is part of a YouTube series called Monstrum that goes into mm-hmm. all of this. I highly suggest checking it out. You know, they, they go very in depth into the thing about the clothing, but that's that's really where that comes from. You know, like like most things with these Christmas monsters, there is like a pro-social thing in the center of it. You know, they want to encourage to do people to do something yeah. that, that helps out the community, be it, you know, keeping their bratty kids in line or making sure that you have warm, warm winter clothing. Oh. Conformity is important. <laughs> it's a way for all the school children to single out the one poor kid and mock him for not having yeah. new pants. It's like, ha ha, the cat's going to eat you. Your cat's always- gonna get you. Your cat's gonna <laughs> get you. So I have a question. I I think this is a Finnish figure, but I'm curious if you know much about. Is it Julapuki, who's the man? Who that one. Into- yes. Uh-huh. So that one did not make the cut of my book. That if 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 I if I go. Uh, if I, I do another volume, should it prove popular at the end of the day, that will be something that I will visit again. So, you know, un- unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of uh, information on them out of my admission. Sorry to disappoint. Oh, no, no, no. I feel, yeah. He was just somebody who came up as a, a man who turned into a goat man on Christmas Eve. Oh, no. I need names. I know. Isn't that, isn't that also, just like Jula Pookie is just Finnish or Christmas goat? I, oh, so it's related to the Christmas goat, but also he's related to kind of an early version of Santa Claus because he wore red with white fur trim and had reindeer, a sleigh pulled by reindeer. So we may have to explore him when we talk about the weird roots of Santa Claus. Yeah, the, the picture of him on Wiggy is just like Santa. Like, I don't see the, I'm not seeing the goatness the of it. The goatiness. A man um, so we're, a goat man on Christmas Eve. I mean, it's kind of a werewolf situation as well. Um, so where a were go? goat? A were goat. That would be delightful. So bah. where do you want to go next, so, Drew? So to keep to keep your relatives at bay, you serve rum tin cans. <laughs> cans of. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm funnier than I am. You, yeah. It's bless your heart. <laughs> how southern <laughs> bless your heart so drew what do you what where do you want to go now i think we should talk about uh Pierif guitard <gasps> I, I hope i'm pronouncing that right yes uh because first of all he's very much tied to saint nicholas and he's a cannibal and i am preoccupied with cannibalism Ooh, um, me too so uh this 
guy was believed to be a butcher that had fallen on oh god <laughs> on hard times and so he started capturing kids and cutting their throats it's it's very sweeney todd uh yeah. you know like butchering kids and selling them to people and father christmas happened upon him on on christmas eve and he he saw that like he tried to trick uh, Saint Nick into to eating some some kid flesh, and this is a story. This is an older story. Yes, um, he, it, he did not take it, and um, he in fact in enslaved um, Carrie Fortard to be his uh, to be his his sort of enforcer. You know, in, in some languages, he's actually even called referred to as Father Whipper, <gasps> um, and because like like um, like Krampus, if you are a naughty kid, he will whip you, and uh, he will throw you into a sack. And you know, Saint Nicholas will look the other way if he eats uh, eats a particularly terrible child. So. Um, I, I, you know, this character is is popular in in Belgium and France. He's at, they they celebrate him in parts of Louisiana and parts of East Texas. And I just like the idea of here's Saint Nicholas and his sidekick, sidekick the undead cannibal. So uh, go back, East Texas. Tell me more. Part- East Texas is basically West Louisiana. That. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a French character, so it, it got imported. So Cajun Cajun people may include him in their their Christmas celebrations. I I, I was like, well, you know, what happens if somebody should make the the Christmas werewolf movie, and then they should do a Wolfman versus uh, Father Whipper movie <gasps> next. So Ooh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it because the. This is going back to Louisiana werewolves, but the loop guru is also kind of that, like a human werewolf yeah. kind of critter. Wow. We need to spend more time in the swamp. So well, we have so many road trips. <laughs> this, this ties into like episode six or so of our podcast where mm-hmm. we talked about the uh, satanic panic because um, the idea of the like Satanists eating the flesh of children is tied, is called the Thaestian feast. And that's from the story of someone who tried to feed human flesh to the gods and didn't get away with it. And I mean, you see that repeated here, you know, daily. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> crazy. So in in East Texas, you were asking about East Texas in Louisiana and East Texas. Uh, they believe that he might accompany uh, Father Christmas through the bayou. In a sleigh drawn by alligators, a pierogi, uh, yeah, a pierogi. Oh, like Père Noël too, right? Yes. Like he's also yes. got the the gator gator sled. Yeah. Oh. So you know, I I I I like this guy. You know, mm-hmm. like I think, um, you know, he's he's um, you know, underrated again. Like like the Yule Cat, I would like to see this guy a little more popular like you know like again don't get me wrong i love krampus but a un- a undead child eating snm butcher you know 
is it, it just appeals to the Clive Barker fan and oh, the, <laughs> ticks all the boxes on uh, <laughs> OK Cupid for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very popular, very popular guy. The thing <laughs> is, like in the real world, as a business model, yes, children are tender, but there's not a lot to them, right? Oh, so it's, it's like so the Jonathan Swift. Uh... <laughs> like you're not really getting a good return on investment. It's mostly on your... bre- it's mostly breading anyway. Yeah, mm, it's true. Yeah, it depends on well, how you I prepare mean... them. Maybe it's like veal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the instant pot may change some of this because it'll probably allow you to, you know, tenderize more. <laughs> you have to upsize it after eight, after three months to two years. That's right, and don't get the one with the yogurt, you know, business in it. You that's just a waste of money because you're not going to be using it if you have. If you're going to be oh, I about children, babies. not Instapots. My mistake. <laughs> Don't 90- get the yogurt babies. They're not worth it. <laughs> 95% irrelevant to anything we've been talking about. But have you heard the Star Wars Christmas album? Yes. It has the song, What Would You Give a Wookiee for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. I, I An Instapot. Yeah. <laughs> so related to him, I became fascinated with, with Hans Tropp. Or hands trap. Yes. Do you know? Can you tell us about him? Uh, I I can. Uh, <laughs> give me one second to look at my notes. There's a sure. Lot yeah. Um. So yeah, he is uh, based on a allegedly real historical figure who lived between uh, four, 1450 and or or uh, 1503. Um, he was a knight and um, had a, a, a reputation for being ill-tempered. So uh, he allegedly sold his soul to the devil. And when the Pope heard this, he took his wealth. Like he, he, he was like, I'm going to take your land. I'm going to take your money. You know, we're going to take it to the, the, the church. And, mm. you know, like you do. And no conflict of interests there at all. No, no. Um, so Hans Trapp uh, went, you know, into the woods and, uh, you know, he fled with just his armor, just his <laughs> knight's armor. And he went uh, while living in the woods. He started to uh, stuff his armor with straw so he could disguise himself as a scarecrow. Sneak up on children what? and and yes, uh, snatch them away so he could take them into the woods and eat him again with the cannibalism. I no, I, I no. This is not in my Christmas legend set. <laughs> well, now it is. He's the cannibal, again. the cannibal Christmas scarecrow that comes in and takes your children. <laughs> Did you use those keywords to search? <laughs> no, I tried sixteen different spellings of Hans Trap. I think it's also like. Hans Trot and something two, like his two, real two name. Uh, Hans von Trotha, I'm probably again mispronouncing it, is mm-hmm. the, the alleged real name of the gentleman. You know, he, he's he's a good also anti-Santa figure. Um, a lot of depictions of him show him as a big burly guy with like a, a you know, salt and pepper beard. The, the the Christmasness of it doesn't really 
get into it at least in what i saw until like the 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 latter part of the story which was uh he he killed a shepherd boy and at this point like he was very religious a very pious shepherd boy and god was like i've had enough you know you murdered this the shepherd boy on christmas eve i'm going to send a lightning bolt down to kill you but uh you know like with many of these stories that wasn't the end of it it was believed that uh he would return as a spirit on christmas eve to punish wicked children so again put put to pro-social use like let's 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 stick it to the brats so (laughs) just to be clear there was a regular dude yes and for those of you following along at home i'm ticking off on my finger so you can see me there's a regular dude who pissed off the pope yes became evil Mm -hmm. and then became a legend and he had a magnificent salt and pepper beard oh dear so all i have to do is piss off the pope again again we have to sell your soul you have to sell your soul to satan first i'm getting okay i'm getting my christmas legends really mixed up here the image i found on ripley's believe it or not is a picture of someone looks like saint lucia bringing in a uh scraggly man a wild man sort of thing but so it's like the christ the christ light child with with um hans trap was the like the wild man and the light angel was that like pennsylvania dutch that's bell snickle okay 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 i am getting them legitimately reasonably confused okay thank you well, there's a lot of let's see here's the thing though there is a lot of crossover with a lot of these characters as as you've 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 seen from just this this right now like like you know like there's there's two child eating you know christmas undead cannibals well three um, counting yeah. me yes yeah. grumpy um, uncle jamin that sounds that there you go jamin it's it's i i think you you found your your give me a hundred years and grumpy uncle jamin will be in your children's books you hear that pope take that (laughs) good to have goals yeah exactly hashtag hashtag christmas monster goals (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's it's um it's it's you know, I, I think, again, I think there's like a necessity to this, this kind of storytelling. You know, it's a way of getting certain things as a society. And where was I going with this? That's, that's, that's where I am at this light. Maybe I should eat another cookie. Um, <laughs> get that nice sugar rush going. It's always the um, answer. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like trying to research, like, the devil or something there are all these myths that are like 60 percent the same and they yeah. just get kind of rolled into one kind of meta myth of mm-hmm. man in the tight red suit sort of thing and there's and- there's <clears throat> regional variations of things like celtic happens. mythology yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's it's you know like which is why i didn't you know there are certain things that i didn't cover even though i could because you know there was repetition and i you know i wanted to to keep it to the stuff that i thought was the most uh lurid and most interesting to me which is why all the cannibalism stuff 
made of it. Goddesses that stuff you with straw. <laughs> I like the whole scarecrow aspect of him. I don't um, get the scarecrow. Like he's just a regular dude. You've got a suit of armor. Why do you need to be a scarecrow? Just go eat your for kid. disguise, right? Yeah, it's the idea is that he was disguising himself as a way to oh. sneak up on farm kids, but mm-hmm. uh, it is make the little ch- 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 noise, but with the clang, mm. ch- clang. It's ch- a bit Scooby Doo, though, isn't it? <laughs> like it. <laughs> uh, kids. kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all this, uh, oh, the Scooby Doo Christmas mysteries. Oh God! So it's all connected to Belschnickel, and it's also connected to next rupert right like they're all sort of yeah of a piece they're all very 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 similar um you know the the idea of a christmas wild man that eats kids and you know beats beats you with sticks and belschnickel is probably the the most if you look at certain descriptions of him, he almost sounds like a Christmas Jason Voorhees. Like he <laughs> lives in the woods. He covers his he covers his face with a wooden mask. You has know, anyone has, said that sentence before? I have no idea. Um, it's great. I think the thing about Belschnickel that's interesting, though, is that he is both good and bad. Like he's kind of Santa and Krampus at the same time. Like, if you are a good kid, like, he'll give you, you know, fruitcake, candy, pears, things like that. But if you're bad, then he'll eat you or beat you with a birch branch or um, my favorite part of his myth, which is cut out your tongue with a rusty, a rusty pair of scissors, which he will take back to his cave and add to his collection of tongue. Oh, dear. Um, Yeah. So... Which I think is more hardcore than Krampus, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's more specific, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he, again, he he plays both the benevolent and the the terrifying role in his myth. Um, you know, he's, he's, um, he's a complicated figure, as opposed to Krampus, which is, you know, all, all one way. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the formula is really balanced because on the one side you've got a bowl of nuts, on the other side you've got your tongue being cut off by the crazy woodland man. It <laughs> just doesn't seem fair. Like they need better presents than just like <laughs> a pair. <laughs> but it's got. I mean, it is sort of a again one of the uh, you know Grimm's fairy tales against greed because isn't it like he'll punish like he'll throw down candy and. If kids jump too fast to it, that's when they get punished. What the right? They they'll get beaten. Uh, yeah. And so it's like this behave. weird tempting. That's... Yeah, it's like the marsh the you know marshmallow test that has been disproven. Um, but <laughs> wait, is that the one where it's like you can have a marshmallow now, but if you wait two seconds, you can have two marshmallows? Yeah, yeah, but now it's completely like it's totally discredited because it's kind of like classist and racist and stuff like that. But yeah, have a marshmallow now. But if you take it, we'll cut out your tongue. Classist? They they only tested rich kids on the marshmallows. Like what? No, no. It's like they sort of decided, like, oh, this kid has low impulse control. When actually, maybe the kid was just hungry. 
So, yeah, like the kids who had kind of more, you know, were well fed or, you know, weren't as potentially like you couldn't judge them on their impulse control. I would like to think that Belschneckel could see through class lines with his Christmas magic. I think he could, too. I think he could, too. And, you know, this is uh, (laughs) any fans of The Office out there. Belschneckel was in an episode of The Office. Is Dwight dressed as him for a Christmas party? He's from Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Oh. Because uh-huh. Belschneckel is also, he isn't just limited to Europe. He is also celebrated in, in Pennsylvania, which I think is, mm-hmm. is cool. Another thing I'm going to ding the Belschneckel myth for is that of all, <laughs> of, all of these tongue-tearing, head-biting. Tongue-tearing. Um, tongue-tearing. <laughs> With, no. I mean, the worst part is the rust. The worst ah! part is the rust. It's not even Chris, surgically Christmas monsters. Belschnickel comes into your house and gives you homework. <laughs> yes, that's really mean spirited. Uh-huh. He like comes in and says, "Okay, little children, it's Christmas. Here's your math problems. <laughs> Recite to me all of Maccabees." Well, it's true because yeah, prayer is a part of. Well, again, I'm sure this is added on, but. Yeah, they would test to see if children could pray. So and do math they prayed at on the them. same time when the crazy right. man is holding a pair of scissors <laughs> to your tongue <laughs> and okay, offering Susie, you candy. <laughs> what's the square root of twenty five? <laughs> he is a very confusing figure when you put it like that. You know, which is maybe why he hasn't caught on the same way Krampus has, because Krampus is rather more straightforward. I yeah. think. You know, There's even like, like gender dysphoria issues with him as well. Like sometimes he's the 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 Santa woman, the Christmas woman. Mm-hmm. A little, yeah. little touch of Lady Epiphany in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's that yeah the sense. good part, right? Uh huh. No, yeah, I'll go back a statement. Krampus doesn't include, or Krampus doesn't endorse standardized education. <laughs> he just hits you with a stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Krampus also drinks snops and wants to get laid. So, like, I think, I think, you know, he has impulses that most people can understand. Mm-hmm. He's just your weird uncle. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> dating in the 21st century is hard, you know, especially if you're, especially if you're a, a Yuletide demon. It's true. Yeah. Or a podcast host. Oh. Oh, Jamin. <laughs> Someday, children, the podcast host will come to your house. And won't you, stop talking. Ask, <laughs> you <laughs> stop talk, ask you questions about obscure theologies and take all your food. That's a that's a new Christmas tradition, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Break into people's house and have a podcast <laughs> I love against, against their will. Podcast-mas. I'm going to throw my, throw my ah, snowball microphone through your window. Ho, 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 children. I've got sound baffling <laughs> to put up. I like podcastmas. That's great. Oh, Drew, given your, I, I, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of cannibalism too. I'm fascinated by it. But have you ever seen the movie yes. Ravenous? Yes. That's so good. I, I, everybody I meet, I have to sort of assess them first and then tell them. To watch Ravenous because it's <laughs> it's great. It is so good. It is such a good movie. Is there a final chapter you want to touch on, or shall we wrap up? 
Oh, you know, let's let's save some for next Christmas. Okay. Okay. Let's declare this a new Christmas tradition. I will. I love it. I will come come back on the show. We will talk about what we what we missed. Uh, you know, and yep. you know, it's, I think this is covered a lot of ground. You know, we we've we've been to all parts of the world. Some some parts of uh, the United States that are also probably hard to reach and uh we have discussed a lot of uh different a lot of goats a lot of cannibals (laughs) um you know lots some witches you know some witches are you know so i think we we've covered a lot of ground i am satisfied that uh for this krampus night i we have probably appeased the beast well once again for people that might not have caught your last appearance here where can people find you on the internet so you can look up my website at www.halloweenman.com um, on Twitter or what's left of it. Um, oh. <laughs> I I am halloweenman.com, all one word. On Instagram, I am drew underscore Halloween. And you can also find my comics on Global Comics. It's comics with an X. And actually, all of those are on sale right now for Woo-hoo. the holiday season. Are any of them thematically appropriate for the season? Yes. Yes, they are. There's actually even a story where uh, Halloween Man fights some uh, some Christmas witches and some Christmas trolls. It's great. Mm -hmm. The comic book is fantastic. And you can can find the Dispatchist crew at dispatch.ist. Check the Find Us on link for our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, Patreon, or just say hi to us there. Um, Hi. Drew, <laughs> Drew, once again, it's been fantastic to have you here. Yay! Thank you for having me. And mm-hmm. we will see you, if not next Christmas, then we'll see you in hell. Oh, and we'll see you around, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot. It does. It does. We, we run into each other a lot in the wild. So, <laughs> um, you know, well, you know, we'll, 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 I'm sure I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bump into each other between now and next Christmas. No, I seems, think so. seems likely. Mm, we'll, we'll take care of all and stay warm or if you're in texas stay cool (laughs) and we'll see you soon Bye. bye this podcast is copyright 2021 by the dispatchist and its creative commons you're welcome to reuse with attribution Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at the Dispatchist, no spaces. Check out our website, dispatch.ist, for more episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources.